Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Mathewson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball kind of whenever. I am your host, Chris Gianta. Over there across from me, as you cannot see on YouTube, unfortunately, is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I am doing well today. We've had another good weekend of baseball. We we personally had a really good weekend uh, with baseball that we'll get into later. But um, yeah, a lot of exciting things coming for ARR in the near future, including this very show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I, I don't know, like... Uh, I, 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 I could get into it now. I mean, yeah. like, uh, yeah, I think we we started off one episode like a couple of weeks ago talking about how we were going to be media members. Um, it started with the Hartford Yard Goats. That experience was more of a warm-up to our experience with the Worcester Red Sox, who, uh, you know, uh, we went to a Worcester Red Sox game as media members. You know, there's not a lot of media coverage going on for minor league baseball like at the games themselves uh and we were able to go go into the press box um a little bit have like our own little area and uh we went on friday the 15th uh when they had a double header against the lehigh valley iron pigs iron pigs yes philly's affiliate and uh and we were you know able to go into the worcester red sox clubhouse after the game and, uh, you know, Daniel interviewed Tristan Cassis. Do you want to talk about that a little bit yeah. before we play it? Sure. So if you don't know who Tristan Cassis is, uh, you will soon. He is the number one prospect in the Boston Red Sox organization. He is, I believe, a consensus top 20 prospect in baseball. Um, I just want to check real quick. But I believe he was, uh, I think, 18th on uh, – on MLB Pipeline preseason. Uh, actually, he was 16th. So yeah. he's... Uh, baseball prospect is actually not uh, as high on him, but he's 19th overall on Baseball America, 16th overall on MLB Pipeline slash Major League Baseball, 44th overall on Baseball Prospectus. Either way, he's arguably the top prospect in the Red Sox system, definitely one of the top prospects in Major League Baseball. And I got to do a quick interview with him. It was about two minutes long in the clubhouse. Um, we talked about kind of where he is at right now, uh, where he hopes to be come, uh, time he gets called up with the Red Sox. Uh, he was very nice, uh, you know, for a guy that was just walking in the clubhouse. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's not used to at that, you know, at that point in his career, he's probably not getting used to interviewed after games. He probably wanted to go home, but, uh, you know, he was very welcoming to us. The the whole team in general is pretty welcoming, I'd say. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, giant, giant man for sure. He's oh my god. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll speak on that. Um, so Tristan Casas is, I believe, six four, two hundred fifty five pounds, all muscle. By the way, right, <laughs> all two hundred fifty five pounds of all muscle. And we got into the to the clubhouse after the game, and I, you know, I knew that I wanted to interview him, and I was, I started on the left side, just looking at everyone's locker, trying to find, you know, Casas number thirty six. And I'm, you know, I'm looking around, going from left to right. He ended up being on the very right, so I, you know, he was the last person I saw. But I looked at him, didn't even see the locker, and I was like, yeah, that's him. <laughs> there he is, right there. Yeah, he's a he's a mammoth of a human being. Yeah. Uh, you don't you don't see these things on TV, but like some of these guys are just huge. And yeah. Justin Casas is probably the biggest baseball player i've seen in person that i mean that close not that i've been that close to very many but yeah i mean my god my goodness yeah not yeah not a very hard man to find no uh whatsoever crowd at all yeah um yeah it was uh that was something that was something to uh observe for sure and yeah we'll uh we'll cue that up there there was a little bit of uh like in the clubhouse they aren't used to media members so um 
there were was some there was some music playing so blasting yeah so, so uh beware of that but you're able to hear um all of what he's saying so uh here's daniel's interview with tristan cassis so uh this is your first year starting at triple a last year you started out double a we're here for a little bit last year uh, what, what kind of strides do you feel like you've made in the past year that's got you to this point uh, i feel like the biggest thing that i've been working on that i've made improvements is, is my definitely my effort level i know i'm a big guy i know i'm really strong uh, but i think controlling uh you know, my body in the right ways and getting the pitches that I need to um, and not missing them has been the best improvement that I've made so far. Sure. What do you want to accomplish between right now and whenever it comes to your big league debut? To win as many ball games as possible. I mean, I love this team that we got right now, uh, top to bottom in the lineup. We're all hitting well and we're, we're, put, we're making it a problem on opposing pitching staffs. And, and in, in terms of our pitching staff, we're throwing the ball really well. Um, we're getting a lot of outs in a lot of key situations. So honestly, I'm just having a lot of fun winning, and I'm 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 really happy with the team that, that I'm on right now, and and you know gonna be here for as long as I need to be. But um, in terms of uh, any any goals uh, in between now and then, I don't have any except for for winning every game. Whether it be on the field, off the field, what do you feel like you've been able to contribute to this team in the early going of this season? Uh, I think I've been able to contribute uh, defensively, offensively. Um, and a little bit on the on the base running side, you know, I feel like uh, I've been coming up in some big spots. I've uh, been been able to put away some games with some big home runs. And defensively, I feel like I've been, you know, picking up the infielders with some with some big time plays and and uh, you know being able to facilitate and and, and help out control and, and and do what we need to do to get outs. Um, I feel like I've been been contributing on both sides of the ball so far. Sure. Uh, if and when it is going to be that the Red Sox call you up to the big leagues, what do you want to accomplish with them in your first year in the big leagues? I just want to make an impact from the first day. Um, you know, I, I know going into that environment, it's going to be hectic and it's going to be one that's, uh, you know, expected to, to put W's up at the end of each game. So any way that I can do that, I just want to help bring a, bring a championship to Boston. That's it. Justin, thank you very much. No problem. Thank you. That was that was Daniel's interview. Yeah, it, it ended very abruptly there, but um, <laughs> you know the music. Obviously, it's hard to ignore that, but we you, like you could still hear him pretty well. I was pretty worried in the moment that like, oh shoot, you're not gonna be able to hear him. But no, everything turned out very well. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you get if you get that recording device, which also known as our phones, yep. uh, close to the uh, close to the person enough, usually it works out. Mm-hmm. Um. So that leaves to uh, my interview. My interview was definitely not with someone as high profile as Tristan Cassis. You had um, a great story, though. Yeah, it like uh, yeah, I I've went more like um, I don't know. I guess the technological side of baseball. I don't know, but uh, I what I interviewed Connor Wong. If you're a Red Sox fan, you're probably or if you're a Red Sox or even possibly a Dodgers fan, you might be familiar with Connor Wong. Connor Wong was um, was traded for was part was the third player traded from the Dodgers uh, in the Mookie Betts trade. It was you know Alex Verdugo, uh, Jeter Downs, and uh, Connor Wong. And Connor Wong he played he's played six Major League Baseball games thus far in his uh, short career, um, and he's in Worcester right now, and he's basically third in the organizational depth chart, or actually, no, he's not in Worcester right now. He's on the Boston he Red Sox. just got called up. So this interview is very timely. Yeah, it is very timely. So yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. He, Kevin Flecki, uh got COVID. So Connor Wong is now in major league baseball with the Boston Red Sox. I'm going to be catching some games for them. But um, my interview with him was based off of the uh, pitch com, which was the electronic pitch calling that, um, all teams, I think, tried out in spring training. And the basis of my interview was uh, off of Kike Hernandez's Sunday Night Baseball interview, uh, where they talked They talked to him briefly about Pitchcom, and he said, you know, we tried it out. It didn't work. It was kind of complicated. So then I asked him about that. Um, there are some pauses in the interview because he's, like, trying to think and, like, visualize what was going on and try to visually explain it to me. Um, which I thought was pretty nice, nice to like, 
not give a canned answer or anything. So that was pretty good. So, uh, so yeah, listen to, uh, yeah, my interview with Connor Wong. The Red Sox, uh, ESPN game or Sunday night baseball game against the Yankees. Kike said that you tried the pitch electronic pitch calling. It didn't really work out. What was your experience with the electronic pitch calling in spring training? I think I thought the like the idea was really good, but there's definitely some things that needed to be worked out. Um, it takes quite some time to get used to where the buttons are, and then it also it, I feel like you had. I'm trying to figure out how to explain it. It's like you have to f- flip flip it. Because it was the the locations you have to touch two buttons and the locations on it, you'd have to flip for if a different hitter came up, but the buttons stayed in the same spot. Does that make sense? So like, yeah, processing that is going to take a while. So if you're not on the same page and you know someone wants to throw something else, then you have to kind of think about it all over again, and it it almost took longer than yeah uh, just putting down numbers. Um, but the idea of you know eliminating fingers for people to try and decode yeah great idea it's just there's I, I think there might be a place for it if those things can get worked out but mm-hmm. um at that time i don't it just wasn't worth it yeah 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 do you think that's something that's gonna tr- be tried to like practiced with within the organization like during the year um I, not that i know of um they haven't said anything to us but I think if, if they can work some of those things out, I think it can, you know, potentially be valuable. If, if they're going to use it up there, then it needs to be used at, you know, the lower levels to mm-hmm. for people to get used to it, for sure. And with the um, with the electronic pitch calling, was it usually the catchers calling it, or was it the, the coaches calling it? Oh, no, it's, it's still the catchers calling it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't even think it's, if it, it's allowed to be called by the dugout. Uh, or the pitcher. I think the catcher is the only one who has it, and then there's a few others on the field just so, you know, the middle infield can know what's coming, the outfield can know what's coming. And that was uh, that was my interview with Connor Wong, uh, now on the Boston Red Sox for the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully we're going to get a couple of these during the season, and I, I want to try to get into some visiting clubhouses as well because there are two ballparks that we have clubhouse access to. Um, ideally, if we can get both sides... And not just stick to two teams. Um, I think that'd be very good. And I think that's something that we should be able to do. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I think, yeah, we're just getting comfortable with it right now. And, yeah, I mean, it was, we'll be honest, it was it was, a, it was kind of easy to get <laughs> access. We didn't get it on our own. We got, no. shout out to Kyle Blander, three-time yes. guest of the program. He, uh, like, kind of wrote a little letter of recommendation i guess would mm-hmm. be it yeah and got us into the clubhouses and yeah gave us some uh good interviews which is great very good absolutely um so i guess that leads to um the world of major league baseball as it is right now um what happened when did this was this wednesday or two it was wednesday because it was a trap yeah it was wednesday it was wednesday in Minnesota, Target Field, Clayton Kershaw, 21 up, 21 down, 13 of them strikeouts, which is pretty unreal. 80 pitches through seven innings. 80 pitches. Which is very impressive given 13 strikeouts. Exactly. Yes. And um, gets pulled. <laughs> yes. Uh, for pitch count purposes, I guess. Um, a lot of people had opinions, myself included, immediately. Um, and I think a lot – I think the – did you see what was said afterwards? From Kershaw? Yeah. From, yeah, from Kershaw, from Dave Roberts. Kershaw essentially said, like, blame the lockout that they had to take me out because I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, ready enough to go back out there. I think I saw a tweet that said he had never thrown more than 57 pitches in one outing uh, since the start of the season. So, you know, given spring training, bullpens. Um, so, yeah, it makes sense that he's not ready to be stretched out, especially in Minnesota of all places, right? Like, it's probably cold there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you guys, I could check the game time temperature. But 
it's Minnesota in in early April. Right. Yeah. It's the first outing of the year. I mean, like, yeah. As a fan, of course, you want to see a perfect game. I wanted him to. I wanted to see him back out there. Like he was, you know, an eighty an eighty pitch pitch count doesn't seem that ridiculous. Uh, just off the surface level, you know, if he had a hundred and five pitches through seven with a perfect game somehow i don't know how that'd be possible but you know i of course i'd be like yeah that makes sense why would they keep him in yeah Um, yeah yeah. but in those circumstances kershaw was pretty uh level-headed about the situation yeah yeah i mean i and it's probably more it's probably easier for him to be Mm -hmm. level-headed given like that'll be it would be you know (laughs) the seventh most impressive thing about his career yeah. i mean that's like the only thing he hasn't done though yeah that's like, true you would think uh, to be fair Curry, people forget clayton kershaw already should have a no or a perfect game yeah shout out to hanley ramirez yeah. i saw a meme it was like the expanding brain meme where it's like it was like the analytics are the reason kershaw doesn't have a perfect game and it's like the it's like the brain dead person and then it's yeah. like Dave Roberts is the reason he doesn't have a perfect game, and it's like a little more yeah. lit up. And then just like God modus, Hanley Ramirez is the reason <laughs> Clayton Kershaw doesn't have a perfect game. <laughs> yeah, for those unaware, it was what, 2014, 2015? 14 against the Rockies. 2014 against the Rockies, Hanley Ramirez was at third base. I think it was like June 18th. I don't know why I remember that specific date, but I'm pretty sure that's when it, the exact date. Yeah, and he uh, he botched a ball. And, I think uh, he overthrew the fir- or the first baseman. It was either that or he botched the ball. Either way, he made an error. He made an error, and yeah, Kershaw. Other than that, no hits, no walks, no hit batters, no even drop third strikes. John Means. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, it was only a no hitter because of Hanley Ramirez. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, that's tough. But yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Like this. As the game is evolving, we're kind of seeing things that we wouldn't have seen. Yeah, June eighteenth. Like, like we would have. He had fifteen strikeouts in that one, by the way. Game score of one hundred and two. <laughs> yeah, if this, yeah, if the, if the lockout, um, if the lockout happened in yeah, like twenty fourteen, and Kershaw was in the situation, I think probably I'm I'm thinking probably they put him out there at least for the eighth. Yeah. Um. Which I guess if you put him in for the eighth, you have to put him in for the ninth if mm-hmm. he keeps going. Uh, but yeah, and yeah, I guess we're seeing the evolution of the game. But it, it is, I guess, uh, you know, it. There's some reassurance to the fan that Kershaw wasn't freaking out about it. Yeah, because it's like you don't feel as bad, and yeah, he has. He and has, if there's if there's anyone sorry to interrupt, but like if there's anyone that has a right to freak out about it, like it would be Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, like if. <laughs> I don't know, I'm trying to think of, like, a if, like, Tristan McKenzie, like, was angry at Terry Francona for taking him out in that situation, it's like, dude, you're, you know, I, I'm not saying Tristan McKenzie would do this, that was just the first player that came to my mind, but it's like, dude, you're, what, 24? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you're just new to the majors. Yeah, he had a perfect game in the, what, ninth last year, or eighth? I don't think it was a perfect game. Maybe it was, like, a perfect game in the eighth, no hitter later. Potentially, I, yeah. I the just only remember. person that had a perfect game in the ninth last year was Carlos Rodon. I know that for a fact. He might have had it in the eighth. I'm not Maybe. sure. I, th- I think he did have a perfect game, and he lost it on a walk. Um, And, yeah, and then I think Harold Ramirez got a single. Yep. Um, Shout out to my player to watch on the Cubs that's now <laughs> on the Rays. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. yeah, it's interesting to see the, the evolution here. And, yeah not a free, no freak outs and i don't know i guess it kind of brushes over but i guess like what also should be talked about is how awesome of a performance that is 13 strikeouts on against 21 bat against 21 twins batters yeah not a pretty like it's right, a terrible lineup yeah like some some solid righties uh if i'm thinking correctly like mm-hmm. yeah buxton was buxton still was the, still there before he got hurt you, you know miguel Sano, carlos correa um, and you know, I I guess oh yeah, Polanco is a switch hitter, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, Polanco from the right side. Uh, you have you have some dangerous guys, and you've mm-hmm. struck out thirteen out of twenty one of them. Side note: I think it's crazy. Like I understand the injuries, but I think it's crazy that Clayton Kershaw is on a one year deal. Yeah, like, right. If you look at his last year, 
1.6 walks per nine, 10.7 strikeouts per nine, 6.86 strikeout to walk ratio. Um, that's just for reference. His 2013 strikeout to walk ratio when he won the Cy Young was 4.46. He's in his age 34. 34 season. season. Like he's not even that outrageously old. And sure, like you could give him a three-year deal. Scherzer uh, is in his age 37. Yeah, and he got a three-year deal. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, and, and you know, I understand the situation is different, but yeah, it it is very interesting that he got a yeah just a one year deal. Yeah, I um, think it's, I think that's crazy. But yeah, like uh, he's still great for sure. He's still Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, like a three. He had a three flat FIP last year. Mm-hmm. ERA wasn't as friendly, but yeah, it was still three fifty five. It was still three point five five. Still very. Like, it's a, it's a one fifteen ERA plus. Still more than serviceable. I should look up at the uh, if there's like a play, a good solid player breakdown thing on last Wednesday's game. So yeah, looking at Clayton Kershaw's day, he had a 50% whiff rate overall. Um, pretty unbelievable, considering. Well, I mean, maybe not considering the Twins lineup because they're not afraid to strike out, but you know, considering first start of the year. I was gonna say, after- can't believe he struck out Miguel Sano multiple <laughs> times, <laughs> who is hitting like. 070 this year yeah with one home run yeah <laughs> but yeah uh pretty pretty wild day from kershaw and and i don't know i mean you know there's probably a lot of boomer takes out there mm-hmm. um and you know i sympathize with that you know to some extent but you know you have to also understand the situation at hand and yeah who you're dealing with it's not like you, yeah it's not like Max Scherzer, who throws 110 pitches every game, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say if 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 Buck Showalter tried to take Max Scherzer out of that game, like yeah. he wouldn't have left there alive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, but Kershaw. Yeah. You got How much do you think Max Scherzer wants to punch Jose Tabata in the face? Oh yeah. <laughs> like I bet he still thinks about that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but yeah, Kershaw. Yeah, Kershaw is someone who, you know, you kind of have to be careful with him right now, given. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when was his last start in 2021? Um, Kershaw. Like, I, cause he wasn't in the playoffs at all, right? I don't remember him in the playoffs. Yeah, no, he didn't because, yeah, no, he was not in the playoffs. And his last start in 2021, I'm waiting for the game logs to load. Was, it was October 1st, but it was only an, in, an inning and two thirds. The last time he pitched more than five innings in a start was June 27th. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Also, the last time, let's see, how many pitches did he throw in each of those other starts? Yeah, last time he threw more than 75 yeah. was June 27. <laughs> yeah, that's ju- it's nine and a half months. Right. Yeah, you, so. you know, perfect games are awesome. I wanted to see a perfect game as much as anyone else, and I think Chris can say the same thing. Yeah. Like, yes, we would love to have seen Clayton Kershaw pitch a perfect game. I was very upset to see him getting taken out, but it made sense. Yeah, it, it, you know. We can't argue that. I'm pretty sure Clayton Kershaw straight up said it was the right thing to do. <laughs> like, how how much clearer could he have made it? <laughs> exactly. I am so happy that he took me out. I did not want to pitch a perfect game that day. No, yeah. No. I can imagine, like, a billion bo- boomers tweeting at, at Clayton Kirsch 22. Stop with the analytics. With, like, three the, the tweets. Anal- the analytics All of them are, ads. Yeah, the... <laughs> The, the the analytics are killing you. You should have done that perfect game. He's just yeah. like... He's like, dude, my arm is falling off. Yeah. It's April. <laughs> I'm trying to win a World Series. <laughs> yes. Our, our rotation depth is not what everyone thinks it is. Yeah. Yeah, this is probably not even the best start of my career. It wasn't. <laughs> um, like his no-hitter had more strike. I mean, I guess he could have gotten two more and two more innings, but... Yeah. Yeah. Still, even like yeah, the context of it, um, but yeah. Anyway, um, and yeah, a, a funny th- point you made was thank God we didn't have to acknowledge the combined. Perfect, yes, perfect I w- game. yes, I was very happy when Alex. I think it's Vesha. It's either Vesha or Vesa because the Twins broadcast pronounced it Vesha, and I always thought it was Vesia. Anyway, he came in and immediately allowed a base hit to I think it was Gary Sanchez, and I was like. You know what? I would hate if we were like twenty-three perfect games and also that Dodgers combined <laughs> one. Like, I can't, I can't do that. Yeah, like no. combined no hitters, whatever. No one remembers. Like some people don't even remember no hitters. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like I could throw out a random pitcher, and be like, "Hey, 
Remember that time Mike Fires threw his second no hitter? <laughs> <laughs> Mike Fires. Yeah, people like if if you told people Mike Fires has two no hitters, they'd be like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, no way. But he does. But he, he does. Him and, and Homer were, Bailey. Yeah, him and Homer <laughs> Bailey. Yeah, one of them was against the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I, I, whatever. But combined perfect games, that can never exist. Yeah. Like, I was actively rooting for them to give up a base runner. Exactly. And I was like, okay, now it's not even combined no-hitter. That's fine. Um, but, yes, I'm very glad we don't have to pretend like we have to celebrate that. Right, right, right. Exactly. Because, also, that would that would have sparked so many more boomer takes. It's like, look where the game has gone to. We have combined perfect games. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't imagine, like, the call-ins to high heat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, Russo would have been like, "Remember, I remember that time in 1974 when <laughs> when Jim Bunning had his perfect. I don't know if it was 1974 or not, but when Jim Bunning had his perfect game, and he threw 270 pitches, <laughs> and he had 18 walks, <laughs> and he <laughs> and he couldn't feel from his wrist for five years, but it was worth it because it was a perfect game. <laughs> I don't care if that was the last start of Kershaw's career; he's got to throw a perfect game out there." Yeah, how many how how many times do you get a perfect game? There's only twenty three of them. <laughs> this game's been around since having a double day. It created it in eighteen thirty nine. We only have twenty three of these. Yeah, it's that's uh, it's predictable. It's very yeah. predictable. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, doing a Russo impression is the most e- is the easiest thing ever. Oh yeah. To talk about guys from the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> But, like, not in the way we do, where it's like, yeah, Al Spalding's win percentage was great. (laughs) Yeah, you have to be very enthusiastic. But it's also, like, the note, like, Al Spalding, Hall of Famer, it's got to be like, I remember on the 1974 Astros. Yeah, right, right. I remember 1974 Cold 45's Joe Morgan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's why that's how I remember him. I don't care about those. People people talk about the the Joe Morgan trade to the... To the uh, yeah, the, the Joe Morgan road raid to the to the Reds. I'm thinking about Lee May. Lee May was one of the best power hitters in the late '60s. I think it was pretty justified at the time. Yeah. We can't look at things. That, you know, hindsight's 2020, but Lee May was one of the best power hitters out there. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. That's the it's, yeah the Russo impression. You have to reference yeah players from 1950 to 19. 19- 79. But don't the golden but like, the golden days era committee. Yeah, but like not even like. The great guys, like not even Ricky Henderson. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, guys with um, under mm-hmm. under fifty wins above replacement. Yeah, it has to be like I'm trying to think. Like a modern example would be like like Max Kepler, like the one yes. of the, like one of those guys. Like he was pretty good. He's yeah. pretty good player. He's pretty good. Yeah, like are yeah. people get our are, are casual baseball fans gonna remember him in twenty years that aren't Twins fans? Probably not. <laughs> Sorry, Max Kepler. I think you're very good. I had you on my F4 team one year. <laughs> you were okay. I think I think his name you're is also Lee from May. you're also yeah. from Germany, and that's awesome. Yeah, Lee May, twenty-seven point three WAR, <laughs> one hundred sixteen OPS plus. <laughs> yeah, dude, you you can't forget Lee May. You can't forget about Lee May. That's the title <laughs> of the episode. <laughs> There we go. Yeah, we talked about we went from Clayton Kershaw to Lee May, <laughs> <laughs> the ARR that's, classic. That's ARR for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well, so that's the Clayton Kershaw saga. It was yeah. pretty cut and dry how it was handled and, and how Clayton Kershaw thinks of it. <laughs> so it's all good. Um. All right, and uh, some more. Another controversial thing happened in the world of baseball. Oh yeah. Uh, this was where Kershaw's for was. This was involving Kershaw's former former teammate Corey Seager uh, at Globe Life Park, facing the Angels. It's the bottom of the fourth, mm-hmm. and the Rangers are up three to two, and it's bases loaded and one out. One out. Uh, I think that's yeah. Bases loaded, one out. I'm look, gotta look at this screenshot here on Fangraphs. Um. Yeah, yeah one, out. one out. And uh, I want to see if the Rangers scored any more runs in the inning after this. Yeah, should see. But Seager gets intentionally walked 
which uh, honestly the it, it doesn't feel the same when they're when you don't throw any pitches. No, it really doesn't. It's it's because there's cool. more. It's there's more time to appreciate the moment. Yeah. It's like, oh, they just threw one out of the zone. Because it's like when Barry Bonds got intentionally walked with the bases loaded, you got to watch it happen four times. Yeah. yeah. Like four pitches where it's like, look at this. <laughs> they're doing this. They're they're really, yeah. yeah. They're really sure about this one. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, and look at that. There's ball three. <laughs> and and here comes they're, ball four, and he's he's going to they're, first base. They're not looking back here. Yeah. <laughs> it would be very funny if at 2 they they're like actually we changed our minds. Yeah, yeah. We we looked at his through 2-0 splits. <laughs> this is actually best. This is actually best in a two-run game. Yeah. Um I don't think they scored again after that. The um, Rangers. Yeah. So Yeah, nah. Some something that was some good thing that was produced um on Fangraph's front page today, uh, there was an article written by Ben Clemens, who writes for them, and uh, it was saying like, what was the the title was pretty cut and dry. Um, yeah, it was like, don't ever intentionally walk someone with the bases loaded. Yeah, don't intentionally walk anyone with the bases loaded is is exactly what it is, um, and yeah, he went he went over he t- he talked about the. Uh, <laughs> This might be the funniest thing I've ever seen. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the rest of the inning. So there's one out. Corey Sear gets intentionally walked with the bases loaded. Mitch Garver's on deck. He he hits a deep fly ball. It's a sack fly to center field. Every runner advances. And then so now there's two outs. There's uh, men on second and third. And Austin Warren blocks. He box in a run, and then Adolis Garcia pops out. Like, two more runs ended up scoring. The Angels end up winning the game, which I hate that that worked out. But, yeah, like, they, but Austin Warren balked. Yeah, yeah, jo- yeah. Joe Madden didn't consider the uh, the balk probability with, yeah. uh, with uh, what, Austin Warren. Yeah. With, uh, I I always keep thinking of Adam Warren because he was Mm -hmm. eternally on the Yankees. Yeah, well, but he would always go on different teams, but then he'd come back to the Yankees. Yeah, he'd be back. Yeah, it Um, was like the Ricky Henderson effect. Yes. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Austin Warren, yeah, he didn't consider the balk probability with Mm -hmm. Austin Warren with men on second and third. Um, So Clemens, Ben Clemens, Reds for Fangraphs, he used the WPA and choir and, like, uh, run – run probability statistics and stuff and found that like there's a slight difference in run probability with Seager and Garver you know with bases loaded and one out but if you put Seager on and drive in a run obviously the run probability goes way above if you like just face Garver without Seager there it's like it's not a good decision <laughs> It, That's yeah. got to be, like, Austin Warren's got to feel so disrespected there, by the way. Yeah. Like, if you're intentionally walking Barry Bonds in the ninth inning with bases loaded and one out and you're up by two, that's understandable. Like, if you're, I don't know, I think it was, um, who was the name of the pitcher that did that? I need to look that up. I'm pretty sure it was a, I think his name was Olsen. Greg Olson. Yes, Greg Olson was the name of the pitcher <laughs> Um, who did that. Like, if you're Greg Olson, you probably understand why you're doing that. But, like, fourth inning, <laughs> like, Austin Warren's got to be like, dude, I'm just, I, They're already I want to get outs. Yeah. They're already down, yeah. Like, how much faith do you not have in me? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, and, and, yeah, it's Corey Seeker. And Mitch Garver is, like, not a bad hitter. No, yeah. he's been doing well this year. Yeah, he's been doing specifically well this year, and yeah, the Rangers are already down. That's a, it's, yeah, it's weird. But Joe Madden does weird things. Yeah, and in the press conference, he said like we wanted to avoid the big blow, which they ended up scoring two runs after that. So it's not like it really. They really, I guess, they avoided a grand slam. Yeah, but like, what's Seager's home run rate like? <laughs> Especially in that ballpark. Yeah. Like, that's one of the most pitcher-friendly ballparks in baseball. Not to mention the Angels won by three, so even if Seager did hit a grand slam, uh, it wouldn't have mattered. The Angels still would have won. Yeah, yeah. Corey Seager, advanced batting. Um, his home, his career home run rate, and he's, you know, he'll hit some home runs, but his career home run rate is 3.8%. Yeah. So you're 
And that's, like, not a bad home run rate. Yeah, that's, like, that's good. <laughs> he's he's good. Like, he's hit, uh, you know, 26 in a season before in 2016. And that year, that year his home run rate was 3.8%. So, yeah, yeah kind of fits in, fits in with his career. And, yeah, so you're trying to avoid the chance of the the 4% chance. Yeah. That he hits a grand slam, but you probably have a you like have you, a one hundred percent chance of yeah. allowing a run. You probably you're probably more like six times more likely to strike him out. Yeah, yeah, very <laughs> much so. Yeah, I, or actually, yeah, I have to go. Should go back into the search history <laughs> with Seeker. Um. Oh yeah, advanced batting, and yeah, his career strikeout rate is eighteen point five percent. So that's like you're like four and five, a half times more likely. Yeah, five eighteen point five divided by three point eight. 4.9 times. Yeah. yeah, so five times. You're five times more likely to strike him out. Yeah, exactly. Like, than you are to give up all. And even if you're not thinking home run, like maybe you're thinking like a double into the gap, you're definitely still more likely to strike him out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his uh, extra base, or I don't think they have extra base hit rate on here, but you just, you know, have You'd to You'd have to manually do that, which is possible, but still. Still. Like, extra base hit rate is probably maybe 9, 10%. Yeah, I think that's fair. That would be fair to someone like Seeger. Um, so, yeah, it's you're more likely to strike him out, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever. Angels won, but that's a team that was in last place last year. <laughs> no, they weren't. The Rangers. Oh, the Rangers. Um, so, yeah, they, the they, beat the, they, yeah, they beat a team that was in last place last year. Um, and uh, But, yeah, any, anything more on the uh, – on the old Barry Bonds treatment, I if you had to, if you had to give me like five players that would get the Barry Bonds treatment, like if you said at the beginning of the year, hey, someone's getting that, who is it? I don't know. Like no disrespect to Corey Seager, but like he's yeah, not no. he's not my guess. It's an interesting guy to get the treatment. Like the last guy to get it was Josh Hamilton in like I think it was two thousand eight. Yeah, which like you and know, was, I think it was. It was probably, like, red hot at the time. Yeah. Very funny that I think the Rangers now lead all time in uh, intentional walks with the bases loaded. That's funny. Uh, Josh Hamilton in 2008. Yeah, he had a 135 OPS plus. Um, I don't know exactly. And, oh, by the way, the manager of that game was also Joe Madden because it was against the Rays. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he just – he was just – Maybe it was 09, actually. Going, he's just going wild. Josh Hamilton, Barry Bonds treatment. <laughs> I'm just going to Google that and see if um, Josh Hamilton, 2008, but it's not giving me a... It might have been 2009. Yeah, base loaded intentional walk. It was Tampa Bay at Texas. It was it was August 17th, 2008. Um, by that point in the season, he had a 918 OPS. Wasn't on any particular hot streak. Yeah, so it was just Joe Madden being wild. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, like, he had a 948 OPS over his last 26 games, but he was pretty consistently in the 900s throughout the season. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, just Joe. I feel like it's just Joe Madden pulling the trigger. Yeah. Um, And, yeah. Hang on. Yeah, there was, there was one instance throughout the season where his OPS was below uh, 789 throughout that season, and it was after opening day. Yeah. So uh, he wasn't, like, particularly just – Coming out, storming out of the gate. Yeah. The last time it was under 900 was... uh, Actually, it was 899 once in September, but um, still, it was 899. Maybe Joe Madden's only knowledge of him was the home run derby that year. Yeah. He's like, God, we got to avoid this guy. That's true. This guy hit 28 home runs in the first round. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Imagine what he could do to us. Yeah. Uh, He he was probably watching that all-star game. At home on Derby and was like, we face him in a month. Oh, my God. <laughs> God forbid the up. base is loaded. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Joe. So I wonder, so was the last time that it wasn't a Joe Madden team, was that Barry Bonds? Yes. So, yeah, I guess, yeah. Makes sense. Was it Buck Showalter that year? Yeah, it was Buck Showalter. Yeah. The year so before the la- he got robbed. So the last three managers to do it are still in the game. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So, let me check. There's a list somewhere of 
Did you see that, by the way, did you see that clip of Mike Trout, like, reacting to it? Because the camera happened to be on him at the time. Yeah, He was yeah. just like, guys, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> I, yeah, I know uh, Adley Rushman got that treatment in college. Right, yeah. That makes sense. It does make sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got. <laughs> right, okay. So... Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, do we have anything more to talk about for players to highlight? I think that's about it. Yeah, you know, it's pretty... Mike Trout got hit in the hand, but he seems to be okay-ish. Byron Buxton is going to be out for a week with an injury. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there's like, small injuries that are, like... That, they, I will say two injuries that looked much worse at first, which now seem to be okay, so that's really good. And then yes. to, like, big-time players. Yeah, Sonny Gray is on the IL. Um... So yeah, mm-hmm. not not a whole lot of uh, crazy action so far this season. Also, like, yeah, no teams on necessarily too hot or too bad of streaks that were well, not the Rock- expected. The Rockies are going to win the World Series. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is the one thing is you know a lot of people weren't talking about it, but uh, they are <laughs> they are six and three, one game behind the Dodgers and Giants for first in the NL West. Yeah, they have a um, they have a six sixty seven winning percentage, but still can't p- get past the Dodgers and Giants. No. But they did win a series against the Dodgers. People, people right. forget about that. Yeah, um, Mets are seven and three, but they faced the Nationals. And yeah, my my aunt was coming at me. She's a she's a Mets fan, mm-hmm. and she was it was Easter yesterday, and she was like, "Oh, my Mets are doing better than your Red Sox." And I was like, <laughs> I was "Facing like, the Nats and the Diamondbacks." Yeah, <laughs> and and she was like, "Ah, don't worry about it. They'll you know." By May, <laughs> by May it's gonna be gone. She's she's you know after she's seen Lomets. For yeah, yeah. <laughs> Being a fan for many many years, she has seen the true form of the Mets. So yeah. I guess it's it's to good. be fair. You could be like a year old and you've seen the true form of the Mets. It's That's not true. that uncommon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all you have to do is wait till July first and yeah, and and we get that. here's the thing. Lomets is guaranteed every year, no matter what, because yeah. Bobby Bonilla is automatic Lomets. <laughs> Like, until 2035, it is happening every single year, and there's nothing you can do about it. Exactly. Like, the Mets could be, the Mets could be like, 90-0 and 0 going into July 1st. Guess what? We're still going to take that day to make, make fun of them. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, um, so now it is time uh, for players to highlight where we are talking about. And we'll start off, uh, or... I'm still out of the routine here yeah. of like how I introduce it, but you know, talking about players who are significantly overperforming or maybe not overperforming, but doing well or players that are underperforming. My guy is overperforming. And we're starting with um, our April 18. Well, I guess it'll come out on April 19, 2022 edition of make sure the volume's up. <laughs> Who do you got for us today? So I'm looking at a guy who is overperforming, but when you see his production, anyone doing this would be overperforming. I'm talking about uh, Owen Miller yeah. of the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, you know, Jose Ramirez and Stephen Kwan have been getting a lot of attention for their performances this season so far, and rightfully so, but Owen Miller is slashing 500, 545, 964 for a 1509 OPS in 33 plate appearances to this point. Uh, his 330 weighted runs created plus lead Major League Baseball as of April 18th at 9 p.m. because uh, we're, we're doing live updates here now. We got some fancy yep. new technology for yeah. this year. He has 14 hits, and nine of them are extra base hits. He also has 73rd percentile walk rate, 96th percentile whiff rate, 71st percentile outs above average, and 88th percentile sprint speed. He's doing everything well. He's hitting for contact. He's hitting for power with seven doubles this season and two home runs. He's fast. He's playing really good defense. He's doing everything you can possibly ask for, right? He's walking a lot. He's not striking out. Um, anyway, his only blue circle is 16th percentile chase rate, but... I already mentioned he has a 96th percentile whiff rate. That means he has made contact on 28.6% of pitches he has seen out of the zone. That includes pitches that he takes out of yeah, the zone. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, that is the third highest uh, rate among the 224 hitters that have seen at least 50 
pitches out of the zone so far. He is also the first player in Major League history to have a 500 batting average, 7 doubles, and 4 walks in 9 games to start a season. So that is Owen Miller of the Cleveland Guardians, the first ever uh, Cleveland Guardian. How about that? Yeah, Owen Miller. And fitting with the Tom Hamilton for that. Yes. For that, how about that? Um, my how about that um, is uh, right up there with Miller in the uh, OPS category. Um, and he's become one of, I guess, more hardcore fans, most loved, yeah, most loved uh, players. And, you know, just because he's – you just love to see he's him. He's a out lovable there. guy. And there's just one particular walk-off home run he had where it's like you're just automatically on his team. It doesn't matter what team you root for. You're just on his team. And I'm talking about G-Man Choi, yeah, who's, who's just coming out of the gates hot with the Tampa Bay Rays. He is hitting 455 with a 1477 OPS. He leads Major League Baseball in on-base percentage at 613. And by the way, this is coming into... Monday the 18th. These are they gonna are up. playing right now. You yeah. Gotta, let me get a yeah. Let me get some live I'm ho- stats. Yeah. If he's doing well, we'll ignore it. Or, or no, we won't ignore it. If we if he's doing bad, even if he's we'll not go. doing well, he's at like what a 612 <laughs> OBP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's currently at he's currently at 571. Who cares? Um, heading into Monday, he was also in the 100th percentile in expected woba, expected slugging, walk rate, and chase rate. Um, and also 60% of his batted balls have an exit velocity of 100 plus miles per hour, mm-hmm. which is second out of 305 batters with 10 plus batted balls so far this year. So G-Man Choi, uh, finally getting a, I think he's the one player with a higher X Woba than Albert Pujols right now. Right. Yeah. Who's just the greatest hitter in the league. Yeah. 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 I think. For some reason, Alec Bohm is uh, up there yep. next Woba. Yeah, he is. I think he's above Choi, but maybe that was just uh, hitting into Monday. But now we go from the highs to the lows, talking about uh, players or subjects that have been underperforming. So for our April 19th, 2021 edition of... Slightly alarming. Who do you got for us, Daniel? So Corey Seager is uh, at the at the pace of getting intentionally walked with the bases loaded. That's how well he's been doing. The other big Rangers acquisition over the offseason, not exactly uh, having the same performance. Marcus Simeon has not been doing very well for the Rangers. So far, he is slashing 128, 190, 179, 370 for a nine weighted runs created plus in 42 plate appearances. That nine weighted runs created plus is the seventh worst in baseball. Uh, He has gone to the opposite field on 32.3% of his batted balls, which is a career high for him, and it's a 12.9% increase from last year, which is the 13th highest increase in the majors. And with that being said, he has 10 batted balls to the opposite field. One of them has gone for a hit. So he's been late on. It seems like he's been late a lot more than than in recent years, and it hasn't been paying off for him. So Marcus Simeon, uh, you know, maybe choke up a little bit. Uh, Maybe he's just not... You know, maybe the extended or the shortened spring training is getting to him. I know that he's going to be better than nine weighted runs created plus during the season, um, but not the strongest start to his Rangers tenure. Right, right. Uh, Marcus Simeon. Slightly alarming. Um, yeah, I wonder what the factors are. Obviously, you can't overreact too hard, but no, it's it's slightly alarming for a reason. Yeah, but also like uh, I wonder if there might be a little bit of a factor to worry about with. Not as much protection in the lineup, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's an old school thing to say, but um, you know, you couldn't pitch around Simeon because you know you had Vladdy and uh, a bunch of other a bunch of other guys behind him, ready to ready to swing it. Um, my slightly alarming um, is uh, also someone who got MVP votes last year. Not necessarily a finalist, but. Got MVP votes. You were actually talking about him earlier off the record. Uh, Joey Votto. Yeah. So I don't have too much analytically on him other than maybe one thing. So I can give you a decent rant. Yeah, he is hitting 118 with a 397 OPS. Mm-hmm. He has a 30, 37.5% strikeout rate, and he has a 15.8% line drive rate, which is much below average. 
and a 10.5% pop-up rate. And 10.5% pop-up rate isn't necessarily alarming for um, a lot of guys. It's slightly above average. But this is a guy who, you know, a few years ago would never have anything below or never have anything above 2% for a pop-up rate. Yeah. And he already has, he's already had two pop-ups on 19 batted balls. So, you know, um, maybe just cold weather. He's a little, he's a little, uh, late on, on some things. And I feel like that's usually what happens with pop-ups, maybe a little late. And, uh, but yeah, he'll be, he'll be working on it. I'm sure. But for now, uh, Joey Votto is slightly alarming. Yeah, he is. Um, any more insight? Uh, yeah, I would love. Team. He is on my F four team, which has been the the Springfield F four team. Brutal so far. Yeah, I'm in eighth place out of ten. Uh, things have not been going well for Team Daniel. It's a yeah. I I always have to remind myself it's a marathon. It is. It's because like I update the league every single day. Yeah. And it's so easy to overreact over two weeks when this is, like, 5% of the season. Yeah. People, like... Because, like, this... I've been in this league before. It can, like, it dramatically changes. Yeah. Like, seriously, it takes one day for a guy to go from, like, up by a full win to in third place. Yeah. Like, our our F4 league group chat, it's not going to be as alive as it is in July, but the standings are going to be much different. I can... Mm -hmm pretty much tell yes. you that <laughs> yes uh yeah like yeah daniel's not gonna be in eighth place i would wh- hope not when when july comes or ninth or tenth hopefully yeah yeah <laughs> yeah he's not gonna be in eighth place he's gonna be in tenth <laughs> <laughs> his team is overperforming <laughs> um but yeah those were our players to highlight for good and bad reasons yes um so now it is uh time to preview the week ahead sort of uh monday already happened but I'll be looking at some series to watch, which there are some good series, and uh, Daniel will be talking about some solid pitching matchups. Um, with series to watch, uh, the Mets and Giants meeting up. I believe that's a four-game series. Yeah. Uh, some solid pitching matchups, at least based on what we've seen this year. I mean, the Mets pitching staff has been overperforming for sure, given some of the lineups they faced. They did face the Phillies, though, which is sol- which is a solid lineup, and I think they were able to keep them at bay. But, yeah, they kept the Nationals and, and Diamondbacks at bay as well. Um, so for Mets-Giants, Tuesday is a doubleheader. Um, oh, yeah, nine all nine innings now. I forgot yeah. about that. Thank God. All, thank goodness. Uh, you got Tyler McGill, who uh, has a zero ERA and two starts thus far, against Alex Cobb, who is uh, – who's increased his fastball velocity in his mid thirties. Um, that's fun. And then in the, uh, second game, second game, I'll, I'll just leave that one to Daniel. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's matchup of the day. You're going to want to, yeah, you're going to want to watch that one. Uh, Wednesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Some other great matchups. You got some great pitching matchups that Daniel's going to get into. Uh, and then the other series to watch, um, needs no explanation is why it's exciting to watch but dodgers braves you know they've played each other in the last two nlcs's they're still they've you know still basically improved over the offseason for the most part i think freddie freeman yeah freddie freeman yeah freddie freeman exactly freddie freeman on the dodgers now facing off with his former teammates uh pretty much right out of the gate and uh and yeah it's uh you know the braves won the last nlc nlcs before them or uh before and then and uh dodgers beat them in 2020 dodgers beat them in 2020 yep and that'll be a they're playing tonight they're playing kershaw versus huskar yanoa uh (laughs) they're playing uh what appears to be a three-game series so yeah that should be fun to watch uh, who do you got for day-by-day matchups? So on Tuesday, we are looking at a couple good matchups. Madison Bumgarner will be facing the Nationals in game one of the doubleheader. Uh, in game one of San Francisco versus New York, uh, Alex Cobb versus Tyler McGill, you mentioned that's a good one. Uh, Alex Cobb, probably the best five starter on any team, except for maybe Zach Wheeler because he was hurt to start the year for the Phillies. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Shane Bieber will be pitching for the Guardians. That's going to be an exciting one. Um, how about this matchup? Not matchup of the day, but Adam Wainwright versus Jesus Lazardo. 
Hmm. Lizardo very had two contrasting, very two contrasting players, but one of them had 12 strikeouts in five innings his last time out. Um, Garrett Cole is going to be pitching for the Yankees against Detroit. Uh, Nathan Ovaldi will be pitching for the Red Sox against the Blue Jays. Justin Steele will be going for the Cubs. That's a guy that a lot of people haven't paid attention to. He's got decent strikeout numbers, very good walk numbers. Um, that is an exciting one. Corbin Burns will be facing the Pirates. Patrick Sandoval and Framber Valdez will be going against each other. Those are two of my pitchers to watch uh, going against each other in Angels-Astros. Another one of my players to watch, Carlos Hernandez, will be going for the Royals against the Twins in Kansas City. Uh, we got the all-Kyle matchup in Kyle Gibson versus Kyle Freeland in Phillies-Rockies. Have um, the Rockies played away from Coors Field yet? I don't think they have. Could, couldn't have. <laughs> I don't because they face the Dodgers to start the year. Yeah, they start. They face the Dodgers to start the year. I'm thinking out loud. They face the Cubs over the weekend. And I don't think. And I ne- last week I don't think they were. I don't think they went out for one series. No, I think they've stayed in cores the entire time. We'll we'll, we'll take a look at that anyway. Yeah. Um, Joe Musgrove will be going for the Padres against the Reds. Uh, we have the <laughs> we have uh, Gray versus Ray in Rangers Mariners. John Gray versus Robbie Ray. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, oh, Rocky. Ooh. The Rockies. Oddly enough, uh, they started in Coors against the Dodgers. Then they went to Texas for two games. They did go to Texas for two games. But it, they've yeah, seven okay. out of the nine games they've played have been at Coors. It feels like they've always been in Coors. Yeah. Um, now I don't know what matchup of the night is because this one is very good too. You know what the other that series is matchup of the night the other day. Uh, you also have in game two of the doubleheader with the Mets and Giants, Logan Webb versus Max Serger. That's a great one. Uh, did you see Mike Petriello's tweet today? Uh, no, I, I didn't. Okay, so Alex Cobb is starting game one of the doubleheader. Logan Webb is starting game two. He goes, guys, I'm sorry, Cobb Webb. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, matchup of the night on I Tuesday. I don't hate on puns like many people do. Puns are okay. That's a, that w- that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a great pun. Yeah. Um, matchup of the night comes from Braves-Dodgers at 10 on Tuesday. Max Freed versus Walker Bueller. Yeah. That's that's a good one. You're going to want to watch that one. On Wednesday, it is uh, April 20th. That's just a day. Yeah. Yeah. It's a day to watch some baseball. Yeah. And anyway, uh, Mitch Keller will be going against Brandon Woodruff in uh, Pirates Brewers. Mitch Keller, uh, no, he's been a breakout hopeful this year. He's gotten an uptick in velocity, and I think, uh, you know, he hasn't exactly gotten the results yet, but it's only been two starts. He'll be facing off against a very good pitcher in Brandon Woodruff. Zach Eflin will be facing Herman Marquez in Phillies Rockies. Uh, Charlie Morton will be going against Tony Gonsolin in Braves Dodgers. Uh, Mackenzie Gore, who already made his major league debut, will be facing Vladimir Gutierrez in Reds Padres. Uh, our Cy Young pick, Dylan Cease, will be facing against Tristan McKenzie and the Guardians. Uh, it will be Shohei Day on Wednesday against the Astros. Sandy Alcantara will be facing an unnamed pitcher from the Cardinals. Luis Severino versus Eduardo Rodriguez will be a good one. Um <laughs> I'm looking through all these great matchups, and then Zach Davies versus Eric Fetty. <laughs> <laughs> Just two, two, two randos. Two guys. Um, Oops. Jose Barrios versus Nick Pavetta. I'll be at that game. Two pitchers that have been struggling so far this year. Uh, looking to break that. Yeah. Drew yeah, for Rasmussen sure. will be facing Marcus Stroman in Rays Cubs. Um, I I. I still haven't really processed the fact that Chris Paddock is on the Twins. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, me neither. He faced Kershaw in that game. Oh. And I was like, wow, this dude just can't escape facing the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he goes to the Twins, his first start, Dodgers. Yeah. Well, Twins-Dodgers is classic yeah. classic rivalry in 1965 World Series. I was going to say, forget, yeah. <laughs> the Senators versus the Brooklyn Dodgers, Sandy <laughs> Koufax. He, he did it. He did it. <laughs> His 10th strikeout. Yeah, that's the biggest thing, Vin, is it was his 10th strikeout. Not that they just won the World Series. <laughs> Sorry. What, what episode was that? 44. Yeah. <laughs> how, classic. How, yeah. I remember when I was... That's when, we when Hal About That debuted. 
Yes, yes. Great episode. <laughs> probably my favorite player episode we ever Side did. Side note, so I'm looking at Dalton Jeffries versus the current Orioles roster. I don't know who he faced, but he had one plate appearance. Uh, this is so funny, just looking at it on Baseball Savant. It shows his uh, plate appearances, K%, WOBA, batting average against, FIP, exit velocity, launch angle, expected WOBA, expected batting average, and expected slugging against everyone on the current roster. His current FIP against the Orioles in one plate appearances it just says infinity. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that before. It's just something to take in. Yeah. Uh, Logan Gilbert had a very good outing last time out against the White Sox. He'll be going up against Dane Dunning. Pretty young matchup. Both sides. Matchup of the day comes from Giants and Mets. It'll be Carlos Rodon, who's had two magnificent outings. Against Chris Bassett. Yeah. Who, yeah, also has been doing very well, yeah. I think, against, yeah, Nats and Phillies. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. So it's going to be exciting. On Thursday, the last day that we'll preview here, why does it say that Dylan Cease is pitching on two different days? Uh, Dylan Cease will be pitching on zero days rest. To He's pulling <laughs> an old hog. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He faces Tristan McKenzie one day, Zach Plezak the other. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, so that's, that's going to be really exciting. Yeah, the Lance Lynn and Lucas Giolito injuries really hit the White Sox pretty hard. They're having C's going zero days rest. Uh, yeah, that's going to be one to watch for, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's it's historic, yeah. <laughs> um. He's coming in to face three batters on Wednesday, and then on yeah. Thursday, he's going for real. <laughs> um, so that's going to be really cool. Dylan Cease. On zero days rest. Yes. Um, going for the White Sox. That's Anthony, why I picked him as Cy Young. I thought yeah. he was going to make 75 start this, starts this year. <laughs> it's like, well, he had 310 strikeouts <laughs> in uh, in 280 innings. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to yeah. not pick that guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, Anthony DiSclefani will be facing um, Carlos Carrasco in the finale of Giants-Mets. Um how about this one? Joe Ryan versus Zach Rinke. The two guys on the opposite end of the age spectrum. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The yeah. guy in his, what, s- technically second year, but actually rookie year. Yeah. Versus a guy in his, I think, 19th? Like, yeah. Because he was like started in 04, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty wild. That's pretty cool. Um, Love to see it. <clears throat> my our, our Orioles player to watch, Tyler Wells. Yeah, will be. I hate that they're using him as a starter. He hasn't. He hasn't been as good as a starter. Right. He's already given up a home run on the road. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. You got to keep him in the bullpen. Does make sense. Um. There's a lot of un- unannounced pitchers. T- um. Taylor Hearn will be going against Marco Gonzalez. That's a all lefty matchup. Uh, two very different lefties. Pablo Lopez will be going against an unnamed Cardinals pitcher. Um. I guess matchup of the day comes from Red Sox and Blue Jays. Kevin Gosman versus Tanner Houck. Uh, Houck did pretty well last time well, out against the Twins. I believe Houck. I don't know why they have him listed, but I don't think he's going to be pitching. No, it's in it's in Boston. Oh, it's in Boston. Yeah, next week. Oh, they're going okay. To Toronto next and Houck week, yeah. Will be ineligible to pitch. It was very like. Not to get too political here, but it was very funny seeing how had a quote saying, like, I'm really bummed that I can't pitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, got a good laugh out of that one. That's that's all I'll say. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, by the way, have you seen just the absurd Kevin Gosman year um, in two starts? I've heard of, I've heard a little bit about it. Yeah. He has what? a 4.22 ERA and an 0.4 FIP. Point <laughs> seven F4. The four and a half ERA. <laughs> yeah, the it uh, was like yeah, it was very funny. I was you know like I'm updating the F four scores and I was like, oh man, Kevin Gosman's doing really well. And I was like, wait a minute, he has an ERA in the mid fours. <laughs> I should t- check his B war. Yeah, or, oh, I don't wait, think they, they don't, have not posted yet. Yeah, they don't have it. Yet. Yeah, they don't have that yet. Um, shout out to Statcast for posting the uh, the leaderboards. That's pretty cool. Yeah, shout out to them. I know that it usually takes a couple weeks, uh, but they are out. They did it. They, yeah. They done did which it. Which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Very funny that on Statcast, he's just listed as Vladimir Guerrero. They don't have the junior in there for whatever reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Vladimir Guerrero, you may remember him from when he played 20 years ago. He looks a little different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks a lot he's a little bit. He's a little heftier. <laughs> yeah. He's a first baseman now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not as not as fast on the base paths. Yeah, so that is uh, I think that's all for us tonight. 
Yeah, should do it. Um, we hope you enjoyed this one. Side note, Joey Gallo is listed twice in a row on uh, the barrel percent leaderboard. He's uh, he's ranked 15th and 16th at 11.4 each. Identical stats across the board. Yeah, I mean that's um yeah. That's pretty I mean that's pretty messed up of the Yankees to put him in the lineup twice. Yeah. I think that's pretty illegal. You only get to bat once every nine times. Yankee fans would lose their mind. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> they, they, yeah. No, no one would be more upset than the Yankees. No one would be upset than like the average fifty-seven-year-old yeah. Yankee fan. Yeah, yeah. M- Mike from, or I don't know. I don't know what common areas yeah. of Yankees fans because I, I was about to say Brooklyn, but I feel Tony like, from Manhattan. Yeah, Tony. From, yeah, yeah. Mike from. Mike from Forty Fifth and Five or whatever. I don't know how they <laughs> name their streets. They're they're upset. They're New York with numbers. New Yorkers will just you know say any avenue and expect you to know it. Yeah, they'll be like, "Dude, I'm from so I'm from Sixty Second Street." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Um. So anyway, we hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, if you're listening on or no, uh, if you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore current and follow the show Instagram at above replacement radio for all the show needs. Um, we hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you, um, sometime soon, uh, where we will be talking all the, all the happenings in major league baseball. Once again, see you then. This conversation, this conversation is over, is over.